it's my privilege to introduce Susan Knowles to you this morning. Um, you'll soon realize that Susan doesn't come from South Africa. She grew up in the Maskell Mountains in the U.S., uh, studied at Cornell University, where she met a Pine Town young man, Brian. Um, and as a result of love, she married him and came back to KZN, and they've lived here for 22 years. Uh, they've raised three boys, Zach, Seth, and Josh, um, and have been a part of Westfall Baptist for about three years. Uh, Susan works at the U.S. Consulate General, uh, where she helps place um, people in exchange uh, education programs. Um, I've the privilege of calling Sue a friend, and after about just three minutes um, of getting to know her, I realized what an incredible woman she is. Her compassion, her care, her kindness. Um, and then after listening to her story, just realizing how God has worked in her life through deep valley of pain, and yet God has been present. And so this morning, you'll be inspired and encouraged by her story. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for Sue and her willingness to share her story. And I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit and a clear understanding by all of us of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Wow, it's such a privilege to be able to speak with you today. And my prayer is, um, as Cindy said, that God speaks to you today through my story. Um, it's a lot longer than the 10 minutes I'm going to share, um, but I will try to stick to the 10 minutes. So I wonder how many of us here remember our first conversation as a child. I personally do not have a good memory, and I remember very little from my early childhood, but surprisingly, I remember my first conversation. I was about three or four years old, and I was riding home from somewhere with my family in our car, and I was looking up at the stars through the window. And I remember starting a conversation with my mother about those stars, just how beautiful they were, how did they get there, um, did God name them, what names do they have, and just really philosophizing and just talking on and on with her about these stars. And I remember my older brother, who was probably about eight, turning around to my mom and saying, tell her to shut up. She just keeps talking, <laughs> as older brothers will do. And that's pretty much all I remember of the conversation. But my love for stars has always stayed with me. So now fast forward about 25 years from that conversation on the stars. And I was having another conversation, and this time it was with God. I had been married for about five years to my husband, Brian. And before we had married, I had told him that I did not want to have children. But after five years and seeing what a great dad he would be, I started to question whether I was being selfish. And so I had gotten on my knees and I had prayed. And basically what I said to God was, I was terrified to have children. I didn't know what kind of mother I would be. Um, we all have our faults, and I was worried about that. But even more than that, I was worried about the world I was bringing a child into, that it was a terrible, evil place. I didn't know what the future was going to hold. And I really felt Brian and I could serve God better 
in other ways than having children. And so I said to him, if I'm wrong in this, if it would be a good thing and it would work out if we had children, then tell me. Well, a few days later, God joined in on that conversation. <laughs> I was reading Psalm 8, and no surprise, Psalm 8 is known as the stargazer's psalm. Stars again. And so God got my attention. I'm going to read you the psalm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands, and you put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So God had heard my prayer, and he spoke to me through this psalm. He basically told me two things. First of all, he told me that I did not need to be afraid, that he was greater and bigger than my fear, greater and bigger than any evil of our times, greater even than the end of the world, and that he had my back. The other thing he told me really humbled me. He told me that I am significant and that I have purpose. In fact, we all each single one of us are significant and we have a purpose and that purpose isn't to be perfect the purpose is not to be in control <laughs> the purpose is not to be powerful God's purpose for us is just to be to be part of his work to do the work he puts our hands to and to praise and worship him not just on Sunday but in everything we say and do. And so, <laughs> with this new knowledge or revelation of God, Brian and I decided to have children. And within two years, we had two beautiful boys. Our son, Seth, who is here today, and our younger son, James. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending how I look at it, the story doesn't end there. Fast forward about five more years, and on a beautiful, sunny Sunday after church, we had gone to a friend's home for the afternoon. And when we were less than 10 meters away from the pool, our son James drowned. The world as I knew it and my faith as I knew it were changed forever. At first, I just had shock and disbelief, and that went on for a number of months. And then came the waves of grief, just overwhelming me, and the guilt, terrible, 
terrible guilt. But then I was angry. I was so angry. And I went back to God, and I went to this psalm. I went to Psalm 8. And I shouted at him, and I shook my fist at him. And I asked him how this could be, that I hadn't wanted to have children in the first place. But because of his word and his promise, I trusted him, and we went ahead and we had children. And he didn't take care of him. He didn't take care of us. We lost our boy. And I was just so, so angry. I said to him, are you not good? Are you not great? And you know what? He didn't give me an answer. <laughs> I think I was too angry at that time to hear him anyway. But over time, through the love and support of precious friends and family and our church community who walked the walk with us, not just for a few weeks and not even for a few months, but for a few years, through their love and support, through walks in the bird, through trips to the beach and spending some time by the seashore, I slowly started to get glimpses of God's majesty and of his love. It was as if the stars started to shine again. Another favorite scripture of mine is Philippians 2, that the God who is and who created the beauty, glory, and love that I was beginning to see again, stripped himself of all of that. Imagine the God who has created not just our universe, but multiple universes. He stripped himself of all his glory and majesty and came to earth in the form of a human being. And not just a human being, but a servant. A servant who is obedient to death. Not just any death, but a death on the cross, which is a humiliating, shameful, extremely painful death. And he did it to tell us that we are not alone in our suffering. He suffers with us. And his story doesn't end there, as we know. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And we have the hope and the promise that we too one day will ascend and share in his glory. And in fact, we share in his glory here and now. As Psalm 8 says, he has crowned us with glory and honor. So I guess what I really hope you hear from my story today is that you are part of the big picture. You are loved. I am loved. James is loved. My two precious sons who were born um, after we had lost James are loved. My oldest son, Seth, is loved. Um, and that we're not alone. And so I stand here today to say to you that I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Romans 8.37 says, In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And Paul is writing about the suffering of the early church and of the apostles. And he said that, that they were more than conquerors. And so I say the same thing. And out of my mouth comes praise 
to overcome evil, to silence the foe and the avenger, to shine like a star in the darkness. So don't lose hope. Don't give up. Remember who our God is. Don't let any trial you are facing, whether it is your grief or an illness or some other deeply overwhelming thing, don't let that trouble separate you from your God. If you do, you lose, and the people around you lose, and trouble wins. Rather look to God. Look at the stars which he has made, the moon which he has put in place, and know and remember that in the vastness of God's works and glory, you matter, and he is with you. How good is God? How good to know that God loves us. How good to know that God speaks. Lord, as we turn to you in the only way we can now, to worship you, to give you thanks. Lord, we celebrate that you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Lord, we celebrate that in the most desperate moments of our lives, even when we are shouting at you, you are with us, that you love us. Lord, we celebrate this morning the community that helps us hold on when we can't hold on. Lord, everything we've heard this morning leads us to this one conclusion, that you are a good God who loves us, and so we want to rejoice in serving Lord, we rejoice now as we worship. In Jesus' name, amen.